Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Eli McCowan. Today, I'm joined by the best men's basketball pairing, or beat pairing in the world, Jana Bardal Paolo, and Paolo Andrea. How's it going? It's going pretty good. We're in the, like, week three of the semester. How are you guys feeling so far? Um, about what? Classes, you know, life. Um, I think we're doing all right. Basketball season's going by faster than I expected. Definitely. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, so before we hop into this, I wanted to kind of explain what this podcast is going to central around. So aiming to try to do this once a week, bring in our beat reporters, whether it be basketball, hockey, women's. We also have a bunch of people covering some other sports that are our GAs like myself. So try to do that and also cover some big stories when people do some centerpiece stories and other things like that. So um, before we get into the Michigan State stuff, we got to talk about Kansas and Kansas State, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. That was like malice in the palace level stuff going on there. So what did you, did you guys get to see that at all? So I got to see it. I didn't watch it live. Um, I guess my first initial thought was I thought that was pretty dumb on I don't know what the player's name is, but the K State player because I don't really see what was what was really going to come out of that if he let's say D'Souza doesn't come in and block that. Like I, I just feel like mm-hmm. I feel like that's just like Michigan throwing the stake in the stadium before the game. It's just like something extra you don't need to do. Devin Bush is, you know, yeah. cutting up the field. Yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, D'Souza probably shouldn't have blocked it, and obviously what ensued after. <laughs> I mean, the image of him picking up that chair and holding it over his head, and I don't know who it is yeah. that grabs that out of his hand before he pulls it out, but, like, he is lucky he didn't, like, yeah. swing that chair. That's what we were looking at earlier, Eli, and I'm looking at it right now, and I don't know, I, like... Paulo, I didn't watch it live, but I saw it all over Twitter last night, and I think I'm just confused on what the consequences will be. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. Do you guys have any ideas? That's what I was going to ask too. I, have... mm-hmm. I mean, they got to. There's going to be suspensions, yeah. obviously, and there's already like this cloud over Kansas after yeah. all these, you know, the college basketball investigations, the FBI. There's all this concern with Bill Self and with so, DeSouza especially. Yeah, DeSouza especially. I mean, so. There's a lot of issues there, and I'm interested, really interested to see how they're going to handle this, whether it's the NCAA, how Kansas handle, handles it, and what happens. I mean, this could this be another case of where, let's say, DeSouza gets a lengthy suspension. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but let's say he gets a lengthy suspension and he just decides to declare like um, James Wiseman. Yeah. I mean, that could be a possibility. I don't know, but I don't know how severe this is going to be. Um, yeah, it should be interesting, especially with Kansas. I mean, I was watching it live, and the, like I was watching it with my roommate in my dorm room, you know, 11th floor Hubbard Hall, and I get, I look over at my roommate, and he's just like, that was almost like Miles Garrett level stuff, where he like takes his helmet off and is trying to hit somebody with it, with when he's got the chair. I mean, like like I said, he's really lucky somebody just happened to knock that yeah. chair out of his hand before yeah. it really got out of hand. Yeah, I don't even know what it would be like. I can't even imagine that happening. I know we were talking about like what. Because I was like, what were the coaches doing? Because you watched it live. Because uh, like, I was thinking about how Izzo would react to that, and I would have I no mean, idea what he would do. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> that would be... I, I don't even... It seems like that would never really happen. Yeah, under that's, what we, coaching, earlier, that's what we were saying earlier. That's what we were saying. Yeah, I could never see that happening. Oh, my God. That'd be the end of the world. Yeah. Because really <laughs> even, like, now, and, like, obviously Kansas-Kansas State's that huge rivalry and stuff, but, like, between Michigan and Michigan State, there's yeah. a huge respect mm-hmm. between the two. Like, Cassius Winston and Xavier Simpson, that's a huge, you know, rivalry there the, between the two. You can see it, like, when you're watching a game, you can see it between the two. But there's a huge respect there. You'd never see somebody mm-hmm. picking up a chair and start throwing it at somebody yeah. or throwing punches. You would never get to that point. But... 
it's enough about Kansas, Kansas State here. You know, let's move into the Michigan State stuff. So, um, last game Michigan State played was last week, and it was against Wisconsin. Um, the game before, they got shellacked by Purdue by over 20 points. So, but they were able to come back. They won 67 to 55. What did you guys see against Wisconsin? Uh, I guess the biggest takeaway from Wisconsin for me was even though Winston um, went away with the assist record, we, we kind of knew he was going to pass it. He only needed four more going into that game. Obviously, he had a lot of games left to play. Um, but aside from his assists, he did not have his best game. But it was interesting to see some other players like we were talking about, Rocket Watts, Aaron Henry, um, Gabe Brown come through because earlier in the season, if Winston wasn't there, they couldn't pull pull out a win, but this was, I think, the first game where Winston wasn't fully there, and they were able. Some other guys were able to step up and take his place. So I saw that as a big positive out of the game. Yeah, I think that's definitely the main thing a lot of people drew from that game. Another thing is what Jaina wrote about, which was um, pre Minnesota is always continued to say, um, "Don't sleep on Xavier Tillman. Don't sleep on Xavier Tillman." And you know, prior to that point, I was. Myself included, there were a lot of people, you know, saying, wow, he was supposed to have a much more developed offensive game, like where his post moves. And then right after Izzo said that right on cue, Minnesota 19-16, and 16, and then the next game after that, which was Purdue, and he actually was a lone bright spot in that game, 8-8. Eight and eight. He actually played pretty well in those early minutes when they did have a shot. And then 15-9 and nine in the last game. He's quietly been playing very well, I think. I mean, I, I don't even know if you call it quiet, but... Um, that's something that I think MSU really needs is an interior post guy, and he's starting to become that a little bit, especially with the lack of three-point shooting that they've had early on. So I think that's going to be really huge. Um, but, yeah, definitely Tillman. And then Marble's really been interesting lately in the post because they've been looking for that, that four spot. And he's kind of – Izzo's been mentioning it. I think, he's a, I think he's just a tick above Malik Hall – I don't even know how Thomas Kithier comes into this equation, but well, and the other thing about Xavier Tillman is he's been blocking shots yes, at a high rate mm-hmm. against Michigan. I think he had five or six, and he's been a really good post defender. You know, Marcus Bingham was supposed to be one of our shot blockers this year, but he hasn't been really, really been able to stay on the floor. And now Xavier Tillman's kind of emerged as our premier shot blocker. I mean, somebody who's at six eight, maybe not like the longest, most athletic guy like Bingham is, or somebody like Jaron Jackson was a couple of years ago, but he's still making a huge impact in the defensive end as well. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that because I've noticed when Bingham and Tillman are paired together early in the game, Bingham will alter a lot of shots. He'll get up there, and then Tillman ultimately comes in and swats it away. So I honestly think if Bingham can stay on the floor a little more, I mean, they're both just going to be they're great rim, rim protectors. I, it's it is surprising though that Tillman has stepped up as the the lead shot blocker. I did not expect that at the beginning of the season for sure. Mm-hmm. The other person that really struck me in this game is Gabe Brown. Yeah. I mean, Gabe Brown is somebody who, when he was coming out of high school, I I knew of Gabe Brown, and he was somebody who really impressed me. And last season, not seeing him play kind of surprised me a little bit because um, I actually have a little bit of a story with Gabe. So. Back when um, I had a buddy of mine who was in high school, he played in the JV game against Gabe Brown in a tournament during winter break, and Gabe Brown got bumped down to JV for some unknown reason, and um, he got out in transition, Gabe Brown did, my buddy tried to go get underneath the basket and block him. Well, Gabe Brown cranked it back on his head and absolutely <laughs> obliterates him. Like There's like kids running all over the floor going crazy. He's somebody who was like rated 
ahead of Aaron Henry coming oh, yeah. into the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And he's finally starting to show his ability this season, you know, whether it's shooting the ball. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway I took from, like, going to the Izone camp out, when I saw him, I was like, he's gotten bigger. He has. Yeah. He's gotten taller. He's gotten more muscular. He's spent a lot of time at the gym. He's really impressed me this season. Yeah, definitely. Before this, I was looking back at Wisconsin, and he was perfect in that game. He was 5 for 5 overall and 2 for 2 from the 3. So I think that he's definitely grown a lot throughout the season, and I think they're comfortable giving the ball to him. They know he's going to make smart choices. So I, I like how, where he looks like he's going. I think he's going in the right direction. Yeah, and the other thing too is Izzo was kind of hesitant to, I guess, say specifically what he thought, but it seems like he's kind of taken over that starting spot for good, and I think that's better served for him and both Rocket Watts. Mm-hmm. So that should be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him drive it a little more too, like get the ball and be more aggressive. And he's getting yeah. better at that. Yeah, and he's got with the length and athleticism he can that he has he can make a lot of impact at the rim you know and we've seen it some of these dunks these putbacks he had I mean the one he almost has against Michigan yeah I mean that was just that if he would have capped that off the Breslin would have blown the top oh yeah (laughs) but he's just been incredible this year and I think a lot of people were like wow Gabe Brown like where did he come from this was something Mm -hmm. I was like seeing I was like I wish he would have been doing this sooner yeah yeah well and he's fun to watch I know after we were talking to him the press was I think it was probably after the Michigan game and everyone was like how do you feel like being called the hype man of the team and he's like oh what do you mean like because they don't have Twitter so everyone was showing him and he was like oh like I didn't even know that because every time he makes a shot he's he's fun to watch he hypes the whole team up so he's fun the one time where he's standing there was a video that came out of him he's standing on um he's guarding somebody from Michigan and he's standing on the side he's literally just yeah. like mm-hmm. flexing on yeah. the side it's like I mean Izzo was calling him like his energizer bunny mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. yeah like, he is just has there been a guy that's more likable than him in the last few years, other than maybe like Cassius Winston and Tum Tum? He's got to be up there with them. I can't really. Yeah, he's 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 fun. He's fun. I think that's why he's the most like. Yeah, I remember Izzo called him his ener- energizer bunny, and that's funny. He's just he's oh he brings a good energy to the team. I think for sure. It is interesting how him and Bingham now that they're on the floor together their antics have kind of died down. Like yeah. Everybody last year was like, oh, I can't wait to see them two out on the floor together making shots and stuff like that. I think it does speak to both of those guys' maturity because they are, I mean, when you think about it, they're our age. Like, they're, yeah. they are pretty goofy kids. Like, that's not just a, a stunt they're pulling out there. And I, I think it is pretty, it's pretty cool to see how much they have matured. Yeah. And then, I mean, I was watching a, um, Aaron Henry pulled up on Instagram live one time and there's people like asking him questions or whatever, like in the comments. And somebody asked him like, who's the best dunker on the team? Like some basic question. And he goes, and as soon as he saw it, he goes, Gabe Brown. That's what Xavier Tillman says. Yeah, he mm-hmm. goes, it's Gabe Brown. He goes, it's not even close. <laughs> like I just, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing that we talked, that hasn't been talked about with this Wisconsin game was that in that Purdue game, they were going on four games in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a lot of um, emotional wins with the Michigan wins starting out that 10-day stretch. And um, I think coming into the Wisconsin game, they finally had that rest that they needed, especially in such a tough Big Ten, which we're going to get into in just a moment. But, um, yeah, he was there. They played great. They finally bounced back a little bit. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be going off of that. I've been They have had pretty long breaks in between these games, so it'll be interesting like Izzo said, calling this week the separation week because they're going to Indiana and then straight from Indiana they're going to go up to Minnesota. So that'll be interesting to see 
um, if they've taken advantage of that break time and are going to be able to use it when they're going almost back-to-back and not coming back to East Lansing in between. So next we're going to move on to the Big Ten Conference as a whole. So, so far in the Big Ten, ranked teams going on the road are 3-14, and and two of those wins came last night. Before last night, Michigan State was the only one to win on the road, and that was against Northwestern. Mm -hmm. And they almost blew that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the Big Ten, Joel Lenardi right now is projecting 11 in the um, NCAA tournament, and he has Minnesota as the last team out, or the first team out, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so he's projecting almost 12 right now. There's 12 teams that can arguably make a case. And who expected this out of Rutgers? No. Yeah. (laughs) It's been insane. I mean, like, I remember when I was at the Michigan State Rutgers game, and I was watching, and everyone in there was like, what is happening? Why Mm -hmm. are we so close with Rutgers? And now it's like, wow, that was a great win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you have to be happy we're not going into the rack. Mm-hmm. If you're oh, a Michigan definitely, State definitely. I will just say, like, Rucker, it goes Michigan State, Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana. That's the top four right now. And then Wisconsin was right up there when MSU, MSU beat them the other night. And I would, I think that win meant a lot more than it showed just because they sustained two 13-0 runs in the second half. They had, what was his name, Nate, Nate Reavers, who was just lighting it up, right? That That's that's always one of those games when you see that start to happen for, for Michigan State. You say, oh, okay, this is one of those. And they beat them by double digits. That was the second-place Big Ten team, and that was on a night where Cash has had six and four. I mean, that makes me think that this team is – that they haven't even touched their ceiling yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I do agree with that. And Wisconsin, I thought that game was going to be a lot closer because they had road wins at both Penn State and Ohio State, which mm-hmm. were two front runners also. And when I was um, – sending my know thy questions to the Wisconsin paper. They said they've been able to win in those away games because they're able to take control and make their opponent play at their pace, which totally did not happen when they came here. I think I thought that MSU was forcing Wisconsin to play at their pace, which helped them. So I think that even though that was still at home for MSU, it was it still says a lot about their team, and I think it puts them in a good place going into these two away games this weekend. Then the other team we haven't even talked about in the Big Ten is Illinois. I mean, that was a team that Michigan State put up, or they beat them by 20. But right now they're second in the Big Ten. And that was a team that I, I kind of pegged at the beginning of the season. I said, I wrote an article like previewing like the biggest matchups for the year for Michigan mm-hmm. State. And I said, Illinois might be like a dark horse team. Yeah. And they are, they've been playing really well. They went into Mackey and won by 20 last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, they're really impressive so far. And I think... It's, it's pretty incredible the way this Big Ten's forming right now. It really is. Yeah, Illinois, I was honestly, I thought Michigan State might lose that game at home, and it turned out to be, like, it, it was close in the first half. You could see that Illinois is definitely, you know, they, they've arrived. But, yeah, that was that was another very, very good win that I kind of think we overlook as well because that was a double-digit win. They handled Illinois, and that was before they really hit their stride. But I do th- think that also speaks volumes. So who do you guys think can um, challenge MSU right now for the Big Ten title? Who do you think are the biggest threats? Realistically, Maryland because they're the best. I feel like they're the they were they're they're the headliner team at the beginning of the season that's now mm-hmm. left standing kind of towards the top because Ohio State like are they even going to make the tournament? I mean, they might yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not sure about them. Uh, I agree. I think Maryland is definitely someone that uh, could contend for this top spot. I think. 
I mean, like Izzo said, this is like the separation week. I think it's changed a lot, and I think after maybe these next couple weeks, we'll really be able to see who's actually able to deal with the adversity and win in all different types of environments. Um, So I think it's hard to say who is going to end up at the top, but I think within this upcoming week and the next week, we'll be able to get a better idea of where everyone's is where everyone is because it's changed already so much. Yeah, and on the, wait, on that note, this game in Indiana, I mean, Indiana's two games behind, and they did struggle. They got, I mean, they got swept at in, versus Indiana last year. I do think, I honestly think Michigan State is probably going to go in there, and I think they're, they're going to handle them just because I feel like, talking to the players, they don't, I don't think they're going to allow another sweep, let alone another embarrassing loss. But mm-hmm. this is huge because, I mean, Indiana could gain up pretty quickly. And Do they travel here? I'm not no. 100% sure. Okay, so this game is pretty yeah. big because this is the only yeah. matchup between the two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about separation week, especially two games on the road where Big Ten teams have not been able to win. Mm-hmm. So, Which of the Big Ten teams do you think can make a tournament run? Like not like win a couple of games. I mean, Michigan with livers is scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know when he's back. Is he? Has he? Has he even been playing? I think um, I saw a tweet this morning saying that there was no update on his injury status. So that's that sounds a lot like uh, the MSU situations where it's kind of like, all right, he's he's data. He was labeled day to day at one point, and then it's it's kind of prolonged. So we'll see where he's at. I mean, but with livers, I think they could be very good. Other than that, Maryland. Illinois, I mean, they got a lot of good bigs. Mm. And if they can shoot the ball well, which they did not against MSU, I'd say that's another one. Yeah, I agree with Michigan, definitely. I feel like they've kind of quieted down these past couple weeks, but over Thanksgiving when they were at their tournament, I forget the name. They were playing the best out of Yeah, they, they won the that. Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, they, yeah. they won that. So um, I think they definitely could make a good run in the NCAA tournament. I think you guys are sleeping on Rutgers. I see. I haven't. I haven't seen enough of Rutgers. I will I, say that. I watched a couple of their games, and they were winning games without Geo Baker, really? who might be their best player. And they've got just a really good group of guys who are buying in to their coach's system. And I, re- I, I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten, but I think there's that's a team that could be one of those things where they get in the tournament and they get hot at the right time. I think they can make that a little bit of a run. Yeah. I really think they could. I'm with Paulo. I haven't watched a lot of Rutgers because. I, I've never have, but I think <laughs> maybe, I don't, yeah. nobody has before this season. Well, I mean, they were a joke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was I was like the one holding up the flag, swinging it around, saying, "Why is Rutgers in the Big yeah. Ten?" I was like telling everybody, "It's like we should just trade Rutgers for Cincinnati because I mean, I was Rutgers doesn't do anything." I was saying that a few weeks ago. Yeah, like I mean, and now they're in the um, in basketball, they're killing it. I mean, they're in the top twenty-five for the first time since nineteen seventy-nine. Wow, yeah. Since 1979, it's absolutely insane. Wow. Their, mm-hmm. their strides that they've made. Because it was kind of in the Big Ten tournament last year. I think they won their, um, the first, they were in the first four in the Big Ten tournament. They yeah, they looked, up, they looked pretty good. Yeah, and they, they looked to be on upward trend. I think everyone thought, like, you know, they might be on the right, you know, trend, but it's going to be a couple years and they're here. Yeah. Yeah, I just think they've got a lot of momentum, and now they're actually playing for something where in the last few years, they just that is true. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting, too, because now we're at the point where everyone, almost everyone has played each other once, so everyone's coming back to play each other again in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, since Rutgers has improved a lot since the beginning, if they're going to play any different going into these like second matchups with yeah. the teams. And then one of the, the next segment we're going to move into is Rocket Watts, mm-hmm. who last game we kind of touched on a little bit was huge, especially in the second half when Nate Reaver started hitting some shots. And then Rocket Watts 
took over. I think he had an 11 0 run on his own. Yeah. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what have you guys seen from him that's really impressed you over these last couple of games? I mean, what I think is interesting about Rocket Watts is he started um, in the starting lineup and he just wasn't at the level where a lot of people thought he was going to be at a starter. He was shooting like 27.4%. So he wasn't, a lot of people came in thinking he was going to be like kind of the go-to and he really wasn't. But then he got injured. He was out of the starting lineup. Gabe Brown took his place, which we talked about earlier. We see that as kind of a positive for both of them. And since then, Watts has gotten a lot better in the past, in the last six games, he's 51% in shooting. So it's like, he's almost doubled his percentage. Uh, so I, I see him, uh, like, I, f- I feel more comfortable when he gets the ball at the beginning of the season. I feel like everyone was kind of, like, on their toes scared when he got the ball because he was taking risky shots and shots that he weren't going to go in. But I think he's making smarter shots, and he's making them a lot better. In all the time that I've watched MSU basketball, I don't think there's ever been a point guard like Rocket Watts no. that Thomas O's had. No. Mm-hmm. If you look back at the last few, you know, Cassius Winston, Tum Tum, um, Kalen Lucas, guys like that in the past, there was never, they were always like a more of a team, like I'm going to pass it off kind floor of guy. General. Floor general. And, and that's not to say that Rocket Watts is about himself or anything like that, but he's somebody who looks to score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when he's got yeah. the ball, he looks to score. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that Izzo's ever had a guy like that. And I'm really interested to see how his career kind of continues past this season as well. Yeah. Because he's somebody who Izzo's never really had a guy like him before. I yeah. will say the fact that. I know in the last game he did a really good job as kind of mediating between Winston and where he wanted to get the ball to. You saw it on that play where Izzo was calling. He was had his fist up to stop. Winston whipped it up to him, and then Watts found Tillman for an alley-oop. I do think where he could be really valuable is in, let's say, Cassius gets a quick two fouls. You know, of course he's coming out. And Rocket Watts has kind of been running that point a little more. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different style than when Winston is in there. But in a game like Kentucky, where they really slowed it down and couldn't get on in a transition, State looks dead in the water when that happens. So mm-hmm. I feel like Watts could be a guy, if he can tune it in a little bit more from, from behind the arc, could be a guy that comes in for Cassius, and maybe if a team wants to slow it down, kind of play that iso ball as contrary to yeah. Izzo as that is. Maybe mm-hmm. he's adapting a little bit. He seems to kind of let him, he's given him a little bit of leeway. Yeah. He says he's got the quickest first step out of anybody he's ever had. And as he kind of comes off this injury, Izzo said he missed a month of practice. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a long time. So I, he's gotten better on the dribble drive. Well, I, he could be in a very important piece off the bench like that, I think, in the tournament. Well, they desperate, Michigan State desperately needs a third scorer to come up every night. And they, they only, yeah. They need somebody so desperately. Last season, you lose Josh Langford mm-hmm. and you lose him again this season. And Aaron Henry is supposed to be that guy. And he's had moments against Virginia Tech. I think he had 20, even though they didn't end up winning that one. And he played well in the first half of the Wisconsin game, kind of started to slow down a little bit. Um, but last season, they had McQuaid step into that role. And Kenny Goins. And Kenny Goins. Timely yeah. shots. To yeah, say I least. mean, and they, they were able to hit threes, but now they don't have those two guys. They need someone to fill that role. And Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown, they some a couple of them have to emerge as consistent. I'm going to put 10 points up. Yeah, I agree. I still don't think that Aaron Henry is at the consistency he needs to be. I mean, he had a strong start um, against Wisconsin. He was good there. Uh, he looks more he looked more confident that game, but it's either like he's really confident making a lot of shots or he just 
looks like he's not confident and he's not making there's so much like hesitation when you watch him like he's he gets the ball and he's about to shoot and then all of a sudden he just is like you're like yes take Mm -hmm. it and then he just like drives and then you're like okay and then he passes it off and it's like you you have a lot of talent you've got to be able to finish they need because they need that third score so bad right now and i think i remember Izzo saying something like henry was mad at himself like he get you know like he he disciplines himself which is a good thing but i think the key for him is yeah he needs to be confident no matter how his game has been going before that when he gets the ball he needs to be confident in his talent and that's gonna improve his consistency i think yeah i think in the case of aaron henry i feel like his play reflects his personality a lot because when you talk to him he's a very he's a very level-headed kid he doesn't ever really get too frustrated that's to Mm jana's point izzo's been kind of saying he wants to see him get a little mad when you see that hesitation, I feel he is always trying to distribute first and foremost. And I think he's he has reduced his fouls in the first half, which has been huge for him to stay in the game. I do think that's probably the biggest thing, because if he can just stay in the game, the way he can facilitate, especially in, like in the post and the paint, that's he creates a lot more buckets than you than show up on the score mm-hmm. sheet. And then when there's a game where he's hot from three, I think it's it's game over. Right. Because mm-hmm. so. if they want to make that run, if they want to win a title like they've been trying to do the last couple of seasons. Aaron Henry can knock in foul trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all. need him. And he's going to be – they need that third person mm-hmm. desperately. And next thing we're going to move into is now there's news that Kyle Lawrence is going to be out for some time. Um, we're going to swing to Paolo. What have you heard from Izzo? Well, uh, he basically said – I think, to quote him, he's just kind of broken down where, I mean, we've seen this for a while, even last season, where he would be in the lineup, and as it was like, you know, it's been hard just not being able to practice him, then throwing him in there, and then practice him and not practice. So it's obviously he's been in and out for some time, as we've seen. And, I mean, in his last season, for the foreseeable future, he's out. I would imagine, you know, by tourney time, he might be a three shooting kind of bench piece like he was again hopefully he can sustain that because they I mean that's in that texas tech game that's something they could have used they could have used his athleticism defensively and you know his three shooting ability so they have a lot of guys that are kind of revolving in and out i feel like he could definitely be a pretty important piece if he were to get healthy but for, I mean, for the foreseeable future i think they gotta they gotta expect to play without him and it just sucks for him because it's been his entire career i mean him and josh langford both so yeah. I get both of those guys definitely. I mean, you just want to see him back. You want to mm-hmm. see him healthy because you you see him like he's got this grit and grind that athletic that, health. Yeah. yeah, that just everybody loves. Like I think it was in um, the Michigan game where they were down. I don't remember how much they were down by, but he gets a layup or he was a dunk and he like falls on the ground. You knew his back was hurt and everyone went uh oh and he just grits his teeth and he stands up and he's just yeah. and everyone gets all fired up and that changed the game. Yeah. And like, he gives the experienced minutes. He has yeah. he has a lot of experience in in the in the game. So uh, I remember Izzo was saying like he might not give the most minutes but he gives experienced minutes, especially when they're putting out a team that is younger than they thought it would be in the first place. And especially at these away games he gave the minutes where He's been in the he's been in that position. He knows how the game goes, especially on the road. So I think that's one of the things that they miss the most out of him. And Izzo talked about how young he said. I think he said yesterday it was one of the youngest teams that he's ever coached. And mm-hmm. like you said, they need his experience. Yeah. And I think with him on the bench, he's still giving that. I mean, we yeah. Izzo's talked about like the impact that Langford has had mm-hmm. just coming off. Like even you know, even though he's sitting there and he's got like the little scooter, you know, yeah. he's giving a lot of 
things. I think Arms can do some similar things. We just hope to get him back on the floor and for his sake. Yeah. Because, I mean, his injuries, I mean, that's just, it's yeah. heartbreaking. I, really. I think, I don't think he'll be out too long. I mean, I'm not sure, but who knows? I don't yeah. know. Um, so next we'll kind of transition into the Indiana matchup, which we touched on a little bit. So Indiana this season, they're 14-4, and four, same record as Michigan State. They're 4-3 and three in the Big Ten. They had some good wins over number five, Florida State. I don't know what they were ranked at the time, but they're, they're number five currently. Um, they had a win over Ohio State that I believe was at Ohio State at the time when they were kind of rolling. Um, they're led by Trace Jackson Davis, their leading scorer. He averages a little over two blocks a game. So what are you guys looking forward to in this matchup? Uh, well, I guess we know um, last year Indiana swept MSU both games, um, and MSU has lost two out of their last three at Indiana. So it'll be interesting how they come out this time. And Aaron Henry, he'll be back uh, where he's from, from Indiana. So we'll see how he, if he takes advantage of that and kind of uses it as motivation for him to get more confidence and kind of want to show off in his home state. So I think it'll be an interesting matchup. But I think that, especially after blowing Purdue like that, I don't see them blowing another game like that. And I still I see them coming out with the same kind of energy they did against Wisconsin. I would definitely agree with that. I, I'm not very confident with this team on the road, or any team on the road for that matter, in the Big Ten. And Indiana is 13-1 at home. I do feel pretty confident MSU will pull this one out just because especially after getting swept last year. And Indiana, they pride themselves on getting on the boards, and obviously MSU that's something MSU tries to do. Izzo mentioned that they're not a very good three-shooting team, which I know definitely bodes well for MSU. So if they don't get beat at their own game, which they did last year against Indiana, I, I think they come out with a win. And somebody they have to watch is uh, Devontae Green for the Hoosiers. He was um, in the Florida State game. He exploded for 30 points. He's had a few games like that. If they, you know, it, or the Michigan State's had that, um, those games where, you know, Seton Hall and Miles Powell and other games where somebody just goes bananas. They have to make sure that they keep him in check because they, otherwise it could be one of those games where you just go, yep, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, the other thing that's really big is they get six days of rest between um, their last game and then coming into this one. Mm-hmm. I think when they travel there, they're going to be fresh, and I agree with you guys. I think they do end up with a win here, even though it's been really difficult to win on the road. But this just feels like uh, with some rest, Cassius has had his last two games haven't been phenomenal. Yeah. You expect him to show up a little bit. Yeah, like I will you, say, I think even though they were able to pull out a win against Wisconsin at home without Cassius fully there, I think now that they're on the road at Indiana – they are going to need him there a little bit more than he has been there. He needs to show up more than he has in the past two games, for sure. So what's your guys' final score predictions? For uh, I always hate final score predictions. <laughs> I don't even know what states, the uh, odds aren't out yet, so I don't know what state's favored by. That's usually my point of reference, but I don't know. Um, I'd say 72-65 MSU. It's a close one, but... Um. Oh, okay, I'll go... I'll go 75, 66. That's mine. MSU wins. I'm going to go 79, 70, Michigan State. High scoring, huh? Yeah. I think Cash is just going to have one of those games. I think he's had two games where mm-hmm. he hasn't fully been there, and I think the way he's played this season, you know that's not going to continue. Like He's going to come out. And I think Aaron Henry, and I think everyone has something to prove a little bit. They want to show who they are, and I think they – 
Um, with the rest, I think they're going to come out and show out, and I think they're going to score. But I think Indiana's also going to come out and keep it, make it a game. It, it, it always is tough to win in Assembly Hall. Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Do you think they're going to be able to pull it through at Minnesota, like, only, what, three days after? Yeah, I mean, that one's going to be a tough one, too. It's always a um, tough place to play, too. Yeah, and uh, the, the barn, they call it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, like, the most interesting place. They have, like, the raised floor and everything. It's, that's like, one of those it's like a white floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, one of the most interesting places to play, and I think Minnesota's a team who's really desperate mm-hmm. at this point. You know, they're on that edge of, we need to get some more wins here, otherwise we may be looking at NIT, you're not making the tournament. And I think that one's going to be a closer game than what it was because, like, the final score of the first game that was at home between Michigan State and Minnesota was a little deceiving. I think they won, ended up winning by 16, but that was pretty deceiving. Mm-hmm. They were really close and in it throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that one's going to be a tough one. I don't know how that one's going to yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, I think that Minnesota is going to try to take advantage of the fact that it's a quick turnaround for Michigan State. So we'll see how they – and I'm excited to see how the game is different from the first time they played them to now yeah. and how that's going to go. I will let me ask you guys this. Izzo said that like a five and five or six win team will end up winning the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and he's kind of standing firm in that. I don't know. Do you, what do you guys think about that? What does he mean by five or six win? Uh, sorry, five or six loss team. My, oh, okay. My, yeah. I mean, he's probably right in a way. I mean, like right now you're looking. Like I said earlier, three and fourteen ranked teams are on the road so far in the Big Ten. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. I think Michigan State, like, their schedule so far in the Big Ten, even though everyone in the Big Ten is hard to play, we still haven't win again. We have Maryland twice coming up on the schedule. Yeah. Is it Maryland twice or is it Maryland once? I, I believe it's home and away against mm-hmm. Maryland. Yes, it is. And they have Ohio State on senior day, who's a team that I think... They're still very talented. I think they're still very talented. They're young. They're really talented. And they've got a lot of really hard games coming. They have Penn State as well. They've yeah. been really tough so far. I think they got some tough games coming up. At Illinois is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to drop a couple in there and I think there might be a game or two where it's like I'm not saying they're going to lose to Nebraska but maybe it's a game where they just, you know, that's the game of their life. Yeah. And I mean, that always seems to happen every year in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That's what I was, That's what. that was the point of that question is because they're sitting at one conference loss right now. Granted, five of their seven at one point, five of their seven games had been home games and obviously this league is tough to win on the road but they're sitting at one loss, and they have to go through a stretch of at Wisconsin, Penn State at home, at Michigan, at Illinois, Maryland at home. And it seems to be always the case with these kind of teams is I feel like they'll win a couple that, you know, like let's say at Maryland they're down, but they might pull that out. But they're definitely going to drop a couple. In Minnesota, maybe it's one of those that, you know, they drop one that they really shouldn't. I feel like that's the way it always goes with these kind of mm-hmm. with these kind of teams. So that should be interesting. But... Looking at that schedule, I I was like, you know what? They're sitting at five and one. There, I don't. If they stay there, they're not going to have five, six losses. They very well could. Yeah. Five losses. And they have a lot of road games. A that, lot of that's, road that's, games. Yeah. That's the main concern. Yeah, that's what's in, how it's been in the road so far. I think yeah. they're going to slip up. Yeah. So the last thing we're going to transition to, we have a quick little segment we're going to do trivia time. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> First question we got here. Cassius Winston just became the Big Ten and MSU leader in assists. I'm going to turn my computer I'm not here so you guys can't look. <laughs> who are the other four players who complete MSU's top five assist leaders? Or the other four? I mean, Denzel. Yep. Mateen Cleaves. Yep. Yeah. Um, These I'm, are the two that are going to trip you up. Okay, so <laughs> I'll... Draymond? I don't know. Nope. 
I was gonna say Kayla and Lucas, but that didn't. Mm-hmm. If you if you said I was gonna trip me up, then it's definitely. We need two more. Give me it. Give me a hint on the position then. They're both point guards. They're both point guards then. I don't know. Drew I'm not Nigel. sure who's gonna finish. Drew Neitzel is one. Okay. That All was right. A good, yeah. All right. <laughs> the other one is Eric Snow. Yeah, there was no way yeah. out. Yeah. So it went Cassius, Mateen, Denzel, Eric Snow, Drew Knights. Huh. Were the top five. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, Drew Knights was, he was probably one of my other favorite players to come through. <laughs> awesome. All right, second one. The Big Ten is currently projected to have up to 12 teams in the tournament, which would be the most all time from one conference. What was the most teams from one conference to make the tournament, and what conference was it? So you're saying 12 would be the most all time? Yep. So what was the most all-time in which conference? I mean, I just it? feel like 11's not the answer, if that's the case. <laughs> I'll, I think I'll, 10. I'll say 11, just for the hell of it. It was 11. Okay. Oh. So what conference <laughs> do you ACC, think it was? ACC, naturally, I would guess. But you got it? Um, I'll, just, I'll say ACC, yeah. Big East. It was the Big uh, East in 2011 oh. with 11. Wow. I'm not sure who the teams were. I should have looked into that a little more and see what teams were, just to be curious. But. Who won the title that year? Because I have don't I don't remember anything about that year. Oh, let's take a quick look. But wow, that would have been my last guess. Especially like I thought maybe old school Big East. It was Connecticut. Oh. Connecticut defeated Butler fifty-three to forty-one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So third and final question. Currently, there are only two teams in the Big Ten with winning records on the, in true road games. There are only two. Who are those two teams? With winning records? With winning records on the road in true Illinois. road games. Illinois? Nope. Um. I'm going to guess Maryland. Mm-mm. I mean, that's just because they both won on the road last night, right? One's fairly obvious, and I don't think you're going to get the other one. I'm, why am I doing that? Um, Iowa? It is Iowa. It is. Iowa's one. Okay. That was the one I didn't think you were going to get. <laughs> well, MSU won at Northwestern. Yeah, it's an MSU. They have a winning record yep, on the road. It's Michigan State, and it's Iowa. Yeah. One of the two. I'm, yeah. I'm blanking right now. It's at Northwestern, and who else do they beat on the road? At Seton Hall. Oh, I thought, I thought we were talking Big Ten road No, games. it was uh, just in general in the Big Ten. Yeah. Oh. So it was Michigan State and Iowa. I did not think anybody was going to get Iowa because I looked at it and I was like, really? Speaking Honestly, of C- a random guess, but no. Seton Hall, <laughs> that win is looking better and better. Yeah. And better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody, or the AP polls don't matter. Definitely. But mm-hmm. seeing Seton Hall above Michigan State was kind of a head scratcher a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's only a good thing, though, for... Last year, they got the 2C when a lot of people thought they had the 1 because they didn't have, have enough Quadrant 1 wins or whatever. I, I still don't understand the metric fully, but um, that's going to be a huge win, I think, when they evaluate them at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here. So I want to thank Paulo and Jana for hopping on today's podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having us. Um, special thank you to Katie Kelly for helping us record today. And thank you for everyone who listened. Hopefully, by the next time we have a podcast, we actually have a name. So if you got any ideas, tweet at the State News, tweet at me, at evencallon 23 Shout out to my Twitter account. Um, so thank you all for what, listening today, and take care. See thank you guys you. next week.